Welcome to A Better Covenant Podcast, an arm of the teaching ministry of Dr. Felix Idolo. We pray that this message will bless you and lift you up as Dr. Felix Idolo brings you deeper insights into God's covenant with us. And now, here is Dr. Felix Idolo. Praise God. I welcome you to our podcast, A Better Covenant Podcast. And uh, we continue our subject of... Uh, uh, the willingness of God, knowing the willingness of God is the key to being able to release the power of God in our lives. Remember the story of the man that had uh, leprosy? We studied with that man's life and uh, we saw that he came to Jesus not knowing the willingness of God. He said, Lord, I believe you can heal me if you are willing. And that was the problem that he had. And so we continue to teach on the subject of God's willingness to use his power and ability on our behalf. And if you are sick in your body, I want you to know that God is willing to use his power to read your mind and your body of that sickness. So let's go to Colossians chapter 1. Read now from 12 to 16. Uh, this is the Apostle Paul praying. In fact, let me read it from verse 9. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That you might walk worthy of the Lord, uh, fully pleasing him in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks to the Father which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the realm of light. Now, we see here that this scripture says we should be strengthened with all might according to his glorious ability. All might. So we see here all the ability of God. And we saw that in our last podcast that at the disposal of all mankind, every human being on this earth, good or bad, God has made his power available to them for their good, to do good in their life. Acts chapter 10 verse 38 says, How God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Now, what did he do with that power? After God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, what did he do with it? He went about doing good to people with that power. He didn't harm them with that power. He didn't destroy them with that power. He didn't make them sick with that power. He didn't oppress them with that power. He didn't put them down with that power. But what did he do with that power? He did good. He lifted them up from their condition. He set them free with that power. And he healed everyone that were oppressed of the devil. So that power is available to us today. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13 verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So that power is still available to us all today to uh, do good for us and do good in us and do good with us. Now, we have to know that God is willing for that power to work on our behalf. And so let's go to Colossians chapter uh Ephesians chapter 1, let me read from Ephesians chapter 1, Ephesians 1, and then read in verse uh, 19. It says, uh, well, let's read it from, this is Paul's prayer again. I think it's better we read it again a little bit from a, an earlier verse. Let's read from verse 
15. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and love unto all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, or what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Now notice verse 19 particularly. So what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us world who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but that which is to be which is to come. Now you see that the exceeding greatness, this word exceeding, uh, in the Greek means power beyond, of course, also in the English. The English word also means the same thing. Exceed means that which is beyond limits. There is no limit to that ability. There is no limit to the power of God. There is nothing the power of God cannot do in your life. There is no sickness that the power of God cannot heal. There is no disease that the power of God cannot heal. There is no condition that the power of God cannot take care of in your mind. There is no demon that the evil spirit, there is no demon that the power of God cannot get rid of out of your life. Now, look at it. It says, far above all principalities and power and might and dominion and every name that is named. Now, Principality's power refers to the cadres of evil spirits that dominate the lives of people on earth. And he's telling us very clearly here that the power of God exceeds them all. There is no evil spirit that can withstand the power of God. I mean, when you use that power against evil spirits, they will have to move. They will have to leave. There is no evil spirit that can withstand that power. So it's exceeding the exceeding greatness of his power to us world who believe. Now, that power is at, is at the disposal of all men. That power is available to all people. And, and, and God wants that power to work on your behalf. And that's the problem that most people uh, have. They know God is almighty. They know God is, can do anything. But the problem is they're not sure God will do it for them. They're not sure God will do it for them, especially when you consider the sinfulness of man. When man looks at himself from a natural perspective and looks at his flaws and looks at his problems and looks at his mistakes, his sinfulness, he finds it difficult to think of a God who is willing to help him because he looks at himself and says, well, look, after all these things that I've done, after all these evils and all these things that I've committed, how would God want to help a wretched creature such as, such as me? But this is the whole revelation of the grace of God. God's willingness to use his power and ability on your behalf, even though you don't deserve it. That's the whole essence of it. He does it because of Jesus. He's willing to use that power on your behalf because of Jesus Christ. And so we see uh, here that all power, all ability is now at the disposal of all mankind. And now uh, it's up to us to decide whether we want to release that power on our, in our lives to work for us. It's our decision to make, not God's decision to make. God's not going to force that power on you. God's not going to force that. It's evil spirits that force themselves on people. It's evil spirits that hold people bound against their will, not God. 
God always comes to you and offers you his resources, offers you his help, offers you the use of his ability, but it's you have to make a decision whether you want that power to work in your life or not. It's you have to decide, you have to choose for that power to work for you. Now, let's go now to Hebrews chapter 10 and let's read from verse 12 to 13. Now you will see that God has done everything through Jesus Christ. Remember uh, John chapter 3 verse 16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now you gave Jesus already on our behalf. What did Jesus come into the world to do? To execute the plan of redemption, to execute the plan of salvation, the, this, the, the plan by which we will all as human beings be rescued from our sins and the consequences thereof. And so you look at Hebrews chapter 10, reading from verses 12 to 13. But this man, talking about Jesus, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God, from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. Now, now Jesus Christ sat down. Now, sitting down depicts a state of completedness. In other words, a state in which you finish doing what you are about to do, which all that you set out to do, and now you sit down, you rest. That is... Uh, uh, that is what uh, sitting down connotes. That's what sitting down depicts. When he says Jesus Christ sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, what he's saying is that Jesus has accomplished. Jesus has finished everything that he needed to do. And therefore, he took that resting position, that seated position at the right hand side of God. So everything necessary for us to be redeemed, everything necessary for us to be free, everything necessary for us to be healed, everything necessary for us to be delivered, everything necessary for us to be lifted out of our condition has been done by Jesus. God has done his part. So we have all this ability available to us. We have all this ability available to mankind. But it's not God that's going to put that power to work for you. You have to do something to release that ability to work in your body, in your mind, in your spirit, in your circumstances, in your finances, in your family, in your children's life. Wherever else you want that power to work, you have to do something to release that ability. So let's go to a very interesting story here that... Uh, sort of illustrates all that I'm talking about here. Let's go to Mark chapter 9 and start to read from verse 17 to 25. Uh, let's read that. And one of the multitudes said, uh, Master, I have brought unto thee my son which hath a dumb spirit. And wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth, and gnasheth with his teeth, and pineth away. And I spake to your disciples uh, that they should cast him out, and they could not. And he answered him and said, And he answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. 
And they brought him in, and they brought him unto him. And when he saw him, straight away the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming. And he asked his father, How long has it how long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, Of a child. And oftentimes it cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him, and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried, and rent him sore, and came out of him, and he was as one dead, inasmuch as many said he is dead. And Jesus took him by the hand, and lifted him up, and he arose. So you have an interesting story here of an epileptic child, that was also deaf and dumb. And from time to time, this epilepsy will manifest in this child's um, life and they throw him into the fire, enjoy him, and cause, it caused him all kinds of uh, injuries and caused him to be deaf and dumb also. And uh, the father of this child brought this child to the disciples of Jesus and they tried to cast out that evil spirit that was in him and uh, they failed. Now, so we see here that the power of God was available to cast out that evil spirit from that child and heal that child. But what happened? The disciples failed to put that power to work. They failed to do that. Not that God wasn't willing for that child to be healed. Not that God wasn't willing for those evil spirits to be cast out of that child. The problem was not on God's side, as Jesus proved later. The problem was not on God's side. The problem was on the side of the people that were ministering that power to the child. The problem was on man's side of the equation. It wasn't on God's side. The problem was on the side of these disciples. They failed to put that power to work. So I'm going to be talking, this, talking about this for a few more podcasts to come and uh, seeing more details about what happened here. But the take-home message from this is that God's ability is willing to all mankind. God's ability is willing to all of us to deliver us, to, uh, to lift us up, to turn our circumstances around. But we as human beings can fail to put that power to work. Not God. Not Jesus. The problem is never on God's side. The problem is never on Jesus' side. The problem is never on the side of the Holy Spirit. It's always on the problem on the side of man. That's where the failure was on the side of these disciples, the apostles of Jesus. The failure was on their part. They were the ones that failed to put that power to work. Just as multitudes in the human family are failing today to put that power to work in their life. The power is there every, everywhere. But people are simply failing to put that power to work for them. And God's not going to do it for you. You have to find the instructions in the Word of God that would enable you to uh, put that power to work in your life and circumstances. And so I'm going to be going more into that in a few more podcasts to come. I want you to stay with me, stay, stay tuned in. Uh, 
look out for my next podcast and then and then stay tuned in so that you can learn the lessons on how to put the ability of God to work in your life. So until I come your way again, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you in his grace and his power. Keep walking in the grace of God and in the power of God and the Lord Jesus Christ himself, head of the church, keep you and uphold you. Amen. We trust that this message has been a blessing to you. Be sure to join us again for another refreshing episode. For additional information, please visit www.abettercovenant.org or email us at abc at abettercovenant.org.